Hi, I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3, Post Media's Canadian Current Affairs podcast. On this week's episode, a court has ruled Alberta's beer taxation system is unconstitutional and ordered restitution be paid to breweries in Ontario and Saskatchewan. We look at what sparked the ruling and why it's so hard to navigate policymaking around beer drinking. It's Thursday, June 21st. We know that other provinces put barriers in place for uh, um, uh, our beer and alcohol getting into those provinces with tasting panels and onerous application processes, expensive application processes, and limited shelf space. That's not fair, that's not right. So we're gonna be taking a look at that to see if we want to challenge uh, those provinces and their, their discriminatory actions. That was Alberta Finance Minister Joe Cece talking to reporters in advance of a meeting with his provincial counterparts. Claire Clancy covers provincial politics for the Edmonton Journal and Edmonton Sun, and she joins me in our studio. So, Claire, what is it that the court found this week against Alberta? The Alberta Court of Queen's Bench yesterday handed down a ruling um, against the Alberta government saying that the beer markup price they had was unconstitutional. And so it was in favor of a of um, an action brought forward by Steam Whistle and Great Western Breweries, and they were actually awarded just over two million in restitution payments as well from the Alberta government. Wow! So this takes into account um, a tax increase on beer that the province charges to breweries, coupled with a program that gave breweries locally, Alberta breweries, a grant or a subsidy, basically, to help offset the cost, right? Yeah, so what happened was initially in 2015, the Alberta government um, put up this markup on beer, and um, initially it related to every uh, every province except for the western provinces, but then later they um, took away that restriction so that it would be fair across all provinces, including Alberta. So the markup applied, but then they rolled out this small brewer's grant program, um, and that was in 2016. So it's been in place for a couple of years, and basically it gives breweries in Alberta um, an advantage because they uh, they have this uh, like refund program almost for their product. Finance Minister Joe C.C. has alcohol and gaming and tobacco all under his portfolio as finance minister. He was speaking today in advance of going to a meeting of finance ministers in Ottawa. What did he have to say about the court ruling? Yeah, so they, the Alberta government hasn't ruled out any possibilities in terms of how they're going to proceed now. Obviously, we've seen step by step um, they've they've been told that their beer markup uh, and rebate program are um, are unconstitutional. We, this is like the next step in a long saga of what's been going on. So today, Finance Minister Joe Cici said, um, you know, he reiterated comments he's made many times before, saying we have Alberta brewers' backs and um, we're going to try to make sure the market is uh, fair. Um, but he didn't say specifically what they're going to do now. He said court action is a possibility, but we don't know what that would look like. Um, what I think is interesting as well is that he 
he has continued to say that other provinces discriminate against Alberta uh, beer, and that was kind of the line he took again today, saying other provinces give Alberta um, no chance on the shelf, and um, you know they have they have discriminatory policies. So, uh, so really, I think the Alberta government, their stance is we're going to try to make it as fair as possible for Alberta, Alberta companies. Did he suggest that he's going to be raising this issue with his counterparts at the finance minister's meeting, or are there other topics that they want to be discussing? Yeah, so today he also he laid out the priorities for Alberta at this meeting in Ottawa on June 26th, and um, he said uh, the number one priority is going to be talking about uh, equalization payments and saying that Alberta is in an unfair situation when it comes to that federal program. Um and, you know, I asked him what other issues are going to be brought up because we have, you know, cannabis on the horizon. We have the beer ruling. But he said, yeah, those issues might come up. But really, uh, the focus is going to be equalization programs and then secondary to that uh, Trans Mountain Pipeline, which we've heard about again and again and will be, uh, you know, conti- will be continued to be talked about in the realm of politics for many years to come. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that uh, although... You know, it's summer and a lot of people are thinking it's hot out and I want to go sit outside on a patio and, and enjoy that with a nice cold beer. Uh, it's not necessarily top of mind for politicians, but it is an issue that um, has caused the province a lot of trouble over the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, as each ruling comes forward, um, it becomes clearer that the Alberta government program and strategy here, you know, isn't passing um, in courts. Okay. Well, thanks very much for taking the time, Claire. Thank you. As Claire mentioned in the previous segment, this court decision is just the latest blow against Alberta's attempts to figure out its beer taxation system. In late May, a trade appeal panel ruled the markup program ran counter to the interprovincial trade agreements and gave them six months to come up with a replacement. For some background on that, we turn to Chris Varco, business columnist for the Calgary Herald. So Chris, why don't you just walk us through what happened recently with the Alberta uh, markup and grant program? All right. Well, if you take a look at beer, beer is a great beverage, but it is a terrible political uh, issue for governments to be fighting. And that's really what we've been seeing over the last three years. So after the election of the NDP government back in 2015, they decided that they were going to change the graduated markups that were affecting beers. So a markup is really just a profit that the government collects for the distribution Uh, of liquor. So prior to that, uh, small brewers were given a lower markup to try and act as an incentive to help them. And the markup was as low as 20 cents a liter. So in October of 2015, they decided to switch that around and they increased that to $1.25 a liter, which really was uh, fairly expensive for for consumers. That's about $3 for a six-pack in some cases. And the intent here was to uh, charge that to everybody outside of the New West Partnership. So in other words, breweries that were in Ontario or Quebec had to pay that uh, higher markup, but that didn't affect the brewers in Western Canada who were part of the New West Partnership. So that would be Saskatchewan, British Columbia, and of course, Alberta. But that quickly got offside with some of the groups that imported beer into this province. And one company in particular, an agency by the, by the name of Artisan Ales, decided that they were going to dispute that, saying that this was contrary to the 1994 Agreement on Internal Trade, basically a free trade agreement between the provinces. 
Before that case actually got a chance to be heard, though, the government decided about a year later that they were going to change the system again. So everybody was going to have to pay $1.25 a litre markup, regardless of what province they were from. And then a few weeks later, the government decided to offer a grant program, and they would provide grants to only Alberta brewers. As you might imagine, this upset Saskatchewan and British Columbia brewers that were now put at a disadvantage, as well as some of the brewers outside of those three provinces. Um, and we saw that from Ontario in, in a steam whistle was, was another company which uh, has disputed that in a separate legal hearing. So the uh, artisan decided to bring their matter forward. They went to a, an arbitration panel, an internal arbitration panel, and won that. Uh, last year, the government in Alberta, Joe Cece, decided to appeal that and we recently saw a decision come from the appeal panel, which also sided with Artisan Ale. It essentially said that Alberta was providing a competitive advantage with their Alberta Small Brewers Development Program, the program to provide subsidies to those small brewers in this province. So if it's lower for local brewers, so they raise the tax on everybody and decide, well, we're going to try and help our local businesses out, which a lot of governments do. And someone said, wait a second, but that's still unfair. What has Alberta said in response to this? Well, Joe Cece has really tried to paint himself as the defender of the craft brewing industry. And they say, look, you know, this should be a growth industry for our province. We have a lot of barley, uh, but we don't have a very uh, dynamic, or at least prior to a couple of years ago, we didn't have a large craft brewing industry compared to, say, British Columbia. So he was looking for ways to entice us and, and, and grow this, which isn't a bad idea. The problem was the mechanism which they chose, which is to provide a straight grant back to Alberta brewers, which is pretty clearly offside any kind of free trade provisions uh, that are included within these free trade agreements. So the question is, was there, is there another way that they could do this? Could they provide loan guarantees? Could they provide other kinds of grants? You know, there's got to be a more creative way than just simply writing a check to craft brewers and giving them an advantage in Alberta, which they wouldn't have in other provinces. Otherwise, you're opening up, you know, the playing field for other sort of retaliation. So I think what is happening right now is Joe Cece and the finance department is trying to find a creative way to help the brewing industry in this province, the small brewers, without getting offside these trade deals. But the argument from small brewers uh, in Alberta is that, well, we need some help here because Alberta has a far more open market than other provinces. And so the Alberta market is flooded. They have more competition here. And we have a hard time trying to sell our beer in a place like BC or Saskatchewan or even farther to Ontario and Quebec. That's part of the argument in this, isn't it? Yeah. Now, you have to go back to the roots of Alberta's liquor system. So more than 25 years ago, the, the Klein government privatized the liquor retail side of the operation. And they have allowed, you know, there's more than, I think, 1,500 retail liquor stores in the province. And they have a wider range of, of products that they carry. I believe it's more than 24,000 products. So we really do have an open system. And I think for consumers, we would, most of us would agree that's probably the right way to go. You do not have an open system in most of the other provinces, like Ontario, like Saskatchewan, like British Columbia. And there, there's a real competition on the shelves of government-owned liquor stores for who can get that kind of space. And that's really the essence of the argument from Alberta craft brewers is, look, if you're a company like Steam Whistle from Ontario or, or Great West Brewing out of Saskatchewan, you can get easy access to Alberta's market. And consumers here, of course, are buying those products. 
But they're saying we don't get the same kind of easy access into their markets. And that's why Joe CC is, is really adamant that we've got to try and find a way to you know, stimulate the industry here without letting them be discriminated against. Mm-hmm. Has uh, Joe CC the, talked about trying to work with other provinces to open things up to Alberta products in, in places like BC, Saskatchewan, Ontario, and so on? Well, I think that he's probably looking at something more punitive, to be really honest. You know, the, the trade deal mm-hmm. that uh, this complaint that Artisan Ales launched successfully was the 1994 internal trade agreement. Uh, it actually was replaced about a year ago by the Canadian Free Trade Agreement. And, you know, funnily enough, they uh, they decided when the provinces got together that they couldn't really reach an agreement on liquor policy. And that's why I say, you know, people love liquor, but it makes for bad politics because people are very territorial in protecting their, their homegrown, homebrewn industries. Well, especially with something like beer, and, and now you get other provinces that are involved with distilling, whereas I know a couple years ago there was an issue surrounding wine, and there's really only a couple of big wine growing industries in Canada and there was a big debate over freeing freeing the grapes and wanting to allow people to move wine freely across provincial borders because you know it's you can't grow wine grapes everywhere but on the beer side of things there's still that division uh, as we saw recently with the Supreme Court of Canada decision ruling that New Brunswick could control what comes in and out of their Borders, and this was after uh, uh, New Brunswick man was uh, caught with a truckload of beer and spirits that he had bought in Quebec at a, at a cheaper price. Does that Supreme Court case hamper what the province may want to do in terms of opening the market? You know, I trade? think it's still unknown. The Como cases, as it is known, uh, came to the ruling that you know New Brunswick was allowed to institute these kind of policies, but mm-hmm. that they could not be restrictive. As their primary purpose. In other words, if there was a primary purpose like protecting the health of people in that province, and just as a secondary effect, it happened to discriminate against trade coming across the provinces, then that was okay. So that's really what what the court said. Uh, But exactly how that's going to play out for Alberta and, and where that goes, I think, is yet to be seen. Okay. And what potentially happens to the price for beer, both from other provinces and even in Alberta? Uh, because of the markup and also due to the grant program having to be redone? Well, the grant program is, uh, you know, is, is one issue, but the markup is really the, is the one that affects consumers directly in the pocketbook. So as I mentioned, you know, the increase uh, a couple of years ago cost up to $3 a six-pack. I guess it depends on the beer and where you get it from. Uh, but if the markup is, goes up at all, it'll obviously affect consumers directly. Uh, and if it goes down or if it was reduced at all, you know, particularly for small brewers, you may see them have an advantage again, like they had prior to 2015. You know, the other interesting thing here is I was just taking a look at beer sales statistics for this province over the last three years since these changes took place. And we've actually seen beer sales go down between 6 and 7% since 2015-2016. Now, everyone... People will point out, well, yeah, there was a recession in this province, so people have probably gotten less money. But total liquor sales are down only 2%, but beer sales are down 6%. So there you go. Okay. Well, thanks very much for taking the time, Chris. I appreciate it. This is Dave Breckenridge, host of 10.3 Post Media's Canadian Current Affairs podcast. 
The name represents Canada's 10 provinces and three territories, and each episode takes a deeper look at one of the biggest stories in the country. Our show is powered by the work of journalists and newsrooms across Canada, so be sure to support your local paper. We're available wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Stitcher, and more. So be sure to subscribe and leave a review. We'd love to hear what you think. You can get me on Twitter, Breckenridge, Y-E-G, or dbreckenridge at postmedia.com. So Alberta is calling foul against other provinces in the beer fight. It can't offer a tax based on location, and it can't offer a direct grant to its own breweries. So what's it left with? Claiming that other provinces are treating outside suds unfairly as well. But does it go down as well as a nice crisp lager? Vito Polisi covers business and technology for the Ottawa Citizen and Sun, and he joins me on the line here. So, Vito, how does the notion that Alberta says Ontario, among other provinces, is treating its beer products unfairly. How does that wash? I, I, I'm having a hard time with it, uh, to be honest, um, simply because of the fact that uh, it, 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 the, the, the argument seems a bit preposterous. The thing here in Ontario is that the market actually is completely open, and we have products from right across the country. Um, being imported into Ontario and sold on Ontario shelves, particularly at the LCBO. Is the system perfect? Absolutely not. Um, is the province in some way impeding those products from showing up on store shelves? No, no they're not. Uh, the only thing that I could possibly think of is that uh, the province may be upset with, uh, I guess, recent uh, incentives that have been granted to Ontario brewers um, by the Ontario government. Uh, for example, in April of this, just this year, the province lowered, um, I guess, taxes that uh, craft brewers have to pay on the sale of their product uh, to the LCBO um, in, in Ontario stores. So, so that would be, I guess, a, an incentive that wouldn't be open to brewers elsewhere. Uh, but the idea behind that is that they're also trying to spark uh, growth in the market and job creation because um, I guess it, microbrewers are, are a big source of, uh, of, of economic investment, but, but also of, of jobs. So, Does the, the fact that the beer store has been under ownership of, uh, up until recent years, a, a consortium of, of corporate brewers, has that had an impact on... What appears on those shelves? Well, that's been a uh, no. I'm going to say no just to answer the question. But um, that's been a big point of contention for Ontario brewers. Period. Uh, they've fought a, a real battle in order to get their product better represented on beer store shelves. In, in no in no way, shape, or form is there or does there appear to be any barriers that they're setting up to craft brewers from other provinces. But they had been. Uh, I guess complaining for an awful long time about the representation of, of, of craft product on, on shelves. And then when they finally broke in, when they finally got the big three brewers, which was uh, Sleeman's, Molson's, and Labatt, to, um, to listen and, and start stocking their stuff, what they were finding was that their stuff was put in locations that were completely not desirable. Uh, there were some saying that they were just shoved right at the back in one large corner and and all the big store stuff was was what was promoted, and if you can't see it, you're not you're not buying it, right? Yeah. So so there was that that fight that happened, and um, 
and I guess the province stepped in after receiving uh, its, its reports from various researchers and broke up the ownership so that now there is representation from Ontario Craft Brewers on the beer store board. But getting right back to it, you still need to obtain a license uh, in order to sell beer, beer, wine, any type of spirit in Ontario through the LCBO because they're the regulator. So, I mean, for example, like a West Coast brewer like Central City uh, would need to obtain a license from the LCBO. They could obtain that license from the LCBO and then get themselves onto shelves, uh, store shelves, LCBO store shelves. And should they choose to, they could extend that to the beer store, which would get them in front of more consumers at an additional cost. But it's, that's exactly the same process that Ontario brewers have to undergo. And I, the idea of provincial trade barriers isn't something that Alberta breweries have complained about alone. I know that uh, Bose is an a Eastern Ontario brewery, uh, popular for uh, their Lug Tread Ale. They had tried for years to crack into the Quebec market, being that they're so close to the Quebec border. And in the end, it took them about... Uh, three, four years, plus an investment of tens of thousands of dollars through a consultant to try and navigate that pathway? Well, I, I know Bose well, and um, I mean, I've had discussions with them on and off uh, multiple times, just, just in the course of reporting on what we report on out here. Um, they are a big brewer. They're doing very well. They're now in upper state New York. Um, they're in Quebec. They're, they're in BC. They're selling very well in Manitoba. They're in Alberta. Um, what they've told me uh, is basically what we hear everywhere else. Is, is Everybody seems to think that this is some sort of a national or a federal problem, a federal government problem, and it's not. It's an individual uh, provincial problem. And even the, uh, the recent ruling that we saw at the Supreme Court, um, which I, I, I guess you get into, the Como decision, I guess you get into or you have been, been talking about, was one that, that sort of just underlined the fact that this isn't a... This is a province-by-province province decision. And um, with regards to, to and I promise to bring this back to Bose in just a second. I just need to, <laughs> to, to, to explain it. But um, with regards to the Como decision, uh, the, he was bringing beer back from Quebec, and, and New Brunswick has its own set of policies that says that you can't, you can't do that. You just can't. And that's, that's a policy that New Brunswick has set up, and, and it's protecting its own market that way and its own rights to sell alcohol the way that it chooses to. Whether we agree with it or not is beside the point. Those, that's what's in place. Mm -hmm. So in, in Ontario, um, we're actually allowed to bring back as much as four cases of beer. Uh, as long as it's for quote-unquote personal consumption from anywhere in Canada. The province doesn't care. The laws were changed in 2012 after they took a look at, I guess, the way things sit and, uh, and realized that this is all kind of silly and we shouldn't be arresting people for bringing back a 2-4 from Quebec. Um, but in, with regards to Bose in particular, the problem that they had was getting right back to it is Quebec's liquor laws. And in Quebec, you are free to buy a listing and list anything that you want from anywhere in Canada as long as it goes to the SAQ. The SAQ is Quebec's version of the LCBO in Ontario. And I, I, I know Alberta's gone completely privatized. I don't know what it was before that. But so they can buy shelf space in, in those stores. <clears throat> the issue there is that there aren't very many SAQs. And when it comes to beer sales... They don't, uh, they don't turn over an awful lot of stock. 
Okay. So if you want to go to where the people are buying beer in Quebec, it's the Depeneur, right? Yeah. And everybody's buying their beer at uh, at gas stations and and these little corner stores, and that's that's how they know to buy beer. That's where they buy beer. And in order to do that, you have to have some sort of physical office presence in Quebec. That's what. So Quebec, they had to set up shop. Bingo. And that's what that's what Quebec's laws say. That has nothing to do with Ontario. That has nothing to do with New Brunswick. It certainly has nothing to do with BC or Alberta. This is how Quebec has organized itself. So that was their solution was to do that. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time, Vito. I appreciate it. Oh, hey, no problem. I hope you guys got what you needed. Here's what else is happening this week. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced Wednesday marijuana will be legal in Canada as of October 17th. The announcement follows the Senate vote on the Liberal government's legalized cannabis bill. And the Crown prosecutor in the Quebec mosque killings is recommending the gunman serve six consecutive life sentences or 150 years. Alexandra Bissonnette gunned down six Muslim men in a Quebec City mosque in January 2017. His lawyer is arguing such a stiff sentence would violate the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. This episode is produced by Carson Jarama and Carrie Ann Sproul. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. <laughs>